Okay, well, no one predicted that. Uh, <laughs> that is the end of the Germany-Korea game the uh, and the Sweden-Mexico game. We watched the Germany-Korea game, which turned out to be the correct decision, uh, I would say, in the final minutes. Two goals in added time. Uh, Germany go out bottom of the group. Now, this group uh, is, is very, very odd now because Mexico beat Germany, yeah? Uh, Mexico lost to Sweden, who lost to Germany, who lost to South Korea. Germany bottom of the group beat Sweden top of the group. It's all very complicated, and I don't know how it works, Alex. Uh, we didn't watch, as I said, we didn't watch the Sweden-Mexico game, uh, so I don't know how much we can say about that, but 3-0, also quite an unexpected result. There was obviously the chance that Sweden were going to win. They, they, they wanted to, to go through top, and... Now, we don't know how Group E is going to pan out, but they've got a good chance of facing Switzerland or Serbia or Brazil, however that pans out. Uh, Germany, again, displayed none of the tenacity that we're used to from the Alex, and they looked quite languid at times. There was a moment before the first uh, Korea Republic goal, just before the beginning of added time, where Korea broke. There was a three-on-three Everyone was very tired, uh, and there was a sort of five, ten second period where the ball was slowly, incrementally moving towards Neuer in goal, and no Germany players seemed to be coming back from uh, up up north on the pitch either. Um, so, w- what would you put this this down to? I mean, is it a problem with Love? Is it a problem with the players? Jermaine Genius there said there there has to be a problem in the camp. You know, what 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 do you think it is? Well. It... <sighs> One of the main issues is the thing that we highlighted after the Mexico loss. Um, Kadira is not up to it in much the same way that Mascherano has passed it for Argentina. Um, Lacking that covering ball-winning midfielder is... I think it's it's one of those things where it makes you realise, say, how important uh, Sergio Busquets is for Spain or, or, dare I say it, how important Jordan Henderson is for England. Yeah. Also, the creating as well as uh, covering, right? Well, yes, that too. I mean, Henderson uh, and Busquets definitely do that as well. I think um, Germany were just time and time again caught out on the counter, yeah. and and I I don't think I've ever seen footballers as tired as South Korea were towards yeah. the end of that game. I mean, yeah. they could barely drag themselves into a jog, except for the chap who ran sixty <laughs> yards. Except for Song Ho Min, who who somehow found some energy uh, <laughs> for that final goal, which is probably the silliest goal I've ever seen scored in a football match. We loved as well that it was actually Neuer that was dispossessed in the final third. Uh, I mean, it, it was too much. Um, hilarity ensued. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Germany. You you have to put it down to love, um, and, and we've talked about the the two crucial things that uh, Southgate has got right for England during this tournament. Just coming home is uh, f- firstly <coughs> that he selected a good squad with a good range of people that can play in various positions to cover off any yeah. eventuality. And secondly, that he's made in-game tactical changes mm. that have benefited the team. And thirdly, he uh, he brought a bus with big enough storage space to bring it home. To bring it home, yeah. Also that because mm-hmm. it's coming um, home, and with the bag of cans too. Sure, I think there needs to be room for them. <laughs> Tinnies on the top deck. Is that what you're sure. saying? Sure, obviously. Sure. Um, Love hasn't done either of those things. No. Um, there, you know, there there are players um, who who have come off the bench and, and looked good at times. Julian Brandt particularly has. 
Uh, Goretzka didn't do well when he came when he played instead of Müller today, but mm. you know he's he looked decent coming on against Sweden. This is the kind of younger generation by persisting with Kadira uh, in the absence of um, starting Rudy in the first game, which we advocated. Um, he's left Germany woefully exposed at the back. Mm. The fullbacks have persistently pushed up too high. I mean. Hector and Kimmich were both in and around the penalty area mm. plenty of times today. Now, I know Germany have to win the game, but and I'm going to sound like a real kind of your dad on the sofa pundit here, but mm. it, before you set about winning a game, you have to make sure you don't lose it. You do sound like that. I know, right? Yeah. And Germany's kind of cavalier attitude yeah. to their defensive structure is what has... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Has, is you've, what got, has, you've got to get your degree before you can go out there and get a full-time job, Alex. Right, basically. You've got to do your homework before um, you can go back to school. And and getting your degree is not leaving Nicholas Sula one-on-one with Koreans mm. time and again. Mm. Because something bad will happen. Yes, and um, it did. We should point out that Korea's defensive structure was excellent. Mm-hmm. This kind of lopsided 4-3-3 that they used in, in their defensive shape. So they would have... Um, kind of a couple of lines of players overlapping, and yeah. then they'd they they'd be pushed over so that the further player was on the side in which Germany were in possession. Um, that worked really well. Uh, Joe, uh, their goalkeeper, had a, a really really good game as well, which mm-hmm. always helps. Well, I missed the first half. Uh, why were they so tired? Hard work. Yeah, hard work pressing. Right. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Um, just trying to squeeze Germany down whenever possible, and mm-hmm. Germany did have a lot of possession. Um, but this, I, I don't know if it, I don't know if it was kind of lackadaisical. I, I think towards the end, Germany had just committed so many men forward and were, were working so hard to try and force a, a goal that mm. they were getting tired themselves. And it was played in in extraordinary temperatures, apparently. Mm. Um, but Germany just seemed they seemed to have the wrong game plan. They seemed to make the wrong selections, and uh, it didn't work. Well, it's the fourth time I I heard this stat from the television, so apologies to anyone hearing this for the second time, but I wanted to get your opinion on it, Alex. If such an opinion exists, it's the fourth time in the last five tournaments that the holders have gone out at the group stages. Can we infer anything from that? Um, Possibly only that... I mean, you'd you'd have to look at it on a case-by-case basis. Mm. Um, I, I wonder whether there's a kind of... Uh, uh, almost a legacy arrogance of well, we did it last time, and mm. you know Germany as a as a, a national football association have worked extremely hard to implement a way of developing players, a, a system that they feel works for them, and maybe a weddedness to that and a weddedness to some of the players that came through that process means that they're they're not looking at other players, players maybe who've moved away from Germany. Mm more quickly than they'd like. I'm not thinking of a particularly quick Manchester City winger here, mm. but for example. Mm. Um, but I, I I don't know is the honest answer. You'd, I'd have to go back and look at each of them and why they have gone out. This this is this is tactical and selection mistakes, pure and simple. Really. Okay. This this Germany squad, I'm not saying they're necessarily good enough to go and win the World Cup, but there's no doubt at all they should have been good enough to get out of the group stages, none whatsoever. Yeah. Is there an argument possibly to say that if there's a, a, a team that has won um, that has won the World Cup then four years later, <coughs> it'll be 
uh, trainers would find it difficult to drop any of those players. But obviously, if those players are then four years older, right. they might not be quite as slick as they were. It could be something as well. I suppose with the Euros happens. in the middle, though. Well, no. So there was very much. The, I mean, I was going to bring up France, but it was very much the case in two thousand two. There was a lot of players that were still kind of knocking around. Some of which were better than others. Which mm. and it was a side that had been sort of flown around the world as rock stars, right. and you know, there was not a the, harsh enough pruning back. No, that's it. There's not really, you know, it doesn't keep things particularly fresh for a side that's just won it. And yeah, yeah I think obviously the attitude is always going to be, it's always going to be part of the issue as well. I just wonder whether it's yeah, um, it ends up being a bit of a selection issue as well. It could be that, yeah. And as we know, uh, you have to aggressively prune the bush uh, yeah. for it to grow back uh, in its most health, healthy phase. And gardening is the same as football, isn't it, Alex? In a lot of ways, yes, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> that was sort of quite Alan Partridge. Have you got more to it? say on this, or shall I ask Phil about the other game now? I, I was just going to quickly say, I, I think Germany, to a degree, have tried to, to integrate certain young players. So mm. Goretzka, Brandt, Timo Werner started, Sula was in the squad, Kimmich is young. Mm. Um, I think Kimmich's young, but establishment, isn't he? Yeah, he's, and, he's and that's, that is kind of the point, I suppose. And he's, you know, he's the heir apparent to Philippe Lahm. I, I think Germany's problems really can be put down to that midfield alignment of, of Cruz plus one other. Mm-hmm. Um, as we showed in the video that we did on Croatia, just having a really great midfielder is not necessarily enough. And given the way that team... When when everyone was playing 4-2-3-1, mm. you could match up with a, a double pivot against a double pivot, and providing one of them was more athletic and more of a ball winner, that would usually be fine, mm. particularly if your other player was sort of a deep-minded playmaker and a, a very good one like Tony Cruz is. But but a lot of teams, you know, whether they're playing four across the middle or they're playing three, it's it's straight away easier to overman that double pivot. Mm. And, and Germany looked old-fashioned in the way they played in that regard. Yeah, uh, Cruz is not used to playing in a two. Um, he doesn't really do it uh, at all at, at Real Madrid. He either plays in a proper midfield four or in a midfield three, mm. um, and he didn't really do a buy-in either. Um, oh no, he did in the double pivot. More did, there, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, with with usually with Schweinsteiger alongside him. Yeah. But um, you know, it's if you're going to do that, you really have to compensate by having someone much younger and fitter and more aggressive mm. in that role next to you. Yeah. And and Kadira just wasn't that. Okay. Phil, I know that you didn't get a chance to watch all of the other game because we had some internet issues, yeah. uh, but uh, from what you saw of it, do you have any observations to make? Yeah, the first half, I, the, what I observed, which is obviously end, the first half ended goalless, but it was a very a tempestuous affair, it was quite choppy, and I, the only thing I can possibly gather from that is that perhaps that type of game sort of fell into Sweden's hands a little bit more easily than it did Mexico, because mm. it's not a case that Mexico were taking that fixture lightly as well, it was... As far as I could gather, a largely unchanged squad. Okay. So that that theory out the window. I yeah. Just, yeah, I would suspect that it was a case of it playing into Sweden's strengths a little bit more. Well, it was fantastically unpredictable and exciting, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, let's go to our predictions that we made yesterday, Philippe. Will you remind me what they were? Because I think I've got a, got a little point coming my way. Sure do. Uh, you went for two one Sweden. Okay, I think I can claim that. Yes. Yes. Uh, that's and mine. That's mine. A nil nil. So, yeah. Safe to say, no one's getting the Germany South Korea. That's correct. Yeah. Okay. Right. So it's just one point given out there, and I will take that handsomely. Thank you. No problem. Um, and we should probably take this opportunity to make our predictions. 
for the two games coming up this evening, uh, which are, of course, Brazil-Serbia and Switzerland-Costa Rica. Uh, Alex, would you like to kick us off with uh, Switzerland-Costa Rica? 2-0 Switzerland. 2-0 Switzerland, OK. And uh, Philippe, how do you feel about that game? 1-1. Uh, 1-1. I think, yeah. Interesting. I'm going to go for... Uh, <laughs> No, I'm not going to go for a Costa Rica win. That's mental. <laughs> I'm going to go for a draw. What did you say? I went for 1-1. No, I can't go for a draw then, can I? And you said... 2-0 to Switzerland. This is a terrible podcast. Uh, I'm going to go for 4-1. 3-1. Neil's, Neil over there in the corner is, is putting digits up for me. 3-1. To Costa Rica. Blame, not to Costa Rica, <laughs> to Switzerland. I'll blame Neil for that when it doesn't come in. Um, and the other game, Brazil-Serbia. Alex, kick us off. 2-1 Serbia. 2-1 Serbia. Philippe? 2-0 uh, to Brazil. 2-0 to Brazil. Well, in that case, I'll go for a stunning 1-1. One, one. <laughs> what are you mouthing? What's Neil mouthing? Neil wants to go for 2-2. Two, two. We'll give him one. <laughs> Neil, so, they know you're here, Neil. Just say something. So I've noticed a Richard Nixon impression. <laughs> yeah, he could be doing that. Or he could be doing a backwards Maradona. <laughs> yeah, he's holding up two twos, by the way. So that's, uh, people get that, but... Uh, it was two. It was good. That was two good references. Right? Yeah. 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 Anyway, uh, we'll come back and chat about those games after they've happened and how that's going to line up in the knockout stages because that's going to be exciting. There's lots. There's still lots of possibilities there. Three teams could go through in Group E. Uh, so Mexico and Sweden have it coming at them. Uh, right. Back in a bit. Okay. So that's the end of the Group E games. Uh, Brazil besting Serbia two nil. Uh, goals from Paulinho and Thiago Silva, and uh, Switzerland. 2-2 Costa Rica. Costa Rica's two first goals of the tournament there. Kendall Watson and a Jan Sommer own goal. Hmm. Yeah? Okay. Uh, but let's start with the Serbia-Brazil game. We're all slightly disappointed. We were hoping for a, a Serbia win. Uh, we made a video the other day about uh, were they to win, how Serbia would do that. And Alex's uh, frustration, I believe, stems from the fact that um, they were pretty much doing what they should have, but it didn't quite come off for them. Yeah, they were... They were doing aspects of it well. Um, they didn't, I think, put Alisson under enough pressure in the Brazilian goal from set pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would have probably actually stood somebody more or less in front of him. Four corners in the first half, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, the, the the general premise was, was good. Uh, they were just wasteful when they had the initial opportunities in the first half too many times there was just a kind of dithering on the ball. Mm. Um, Mitrovic spurned a couple of chances, and then they had that extraordinary period of pressure for about five, six minutes um, midway through the second half when they absolutely bombarded Brazil. Well, here's an interesting stat that's just popped up uh, as a Google Insight. I've not seen these before. Despite <laughs> being 2-0 down, Serbia had uh, only two fewer touches, 26, in the opposition box than Brazil did, 28. Yeah. But they didn't make it count. They didn't. Um, I think Mitrovic's uh, header, um, which was more or less straight at Alisson, was, was the worst miss, but... Serbia were getting into that dangerous area in the attacking third quite central a lot of the time and then there was just indecision on who to play the ball to uh, or in fairness some reasonable covering uh, challenges I think Willian defended well on the right hand side for Brazil Um, and it was yeah it was a very frustrating performance to see a lot of 
you know, a fun Serbian side trying to do certain things and getting so close to coming off. Mm. Um, but, uh, you know, Brazil, another long ball goal. <laughs> so like, uh, Argentina had, um, you know, it seems to be like sometimes these, uh, supposedly superior teams are, are having to resort to pretty direct football to break down this aggressive compact pressing game yeah. that some of the smaller teams are bringing well let's talk about Brazil then um, there was no Douglas Costa who was injured before the game so Williams started again that might have been different on the uh, basis of Brazil's second game Brazil topped the group and go through first so they certainly look better in this game than they did in their previous two, right? Uh, the suggestion from the commentary, the ITV commentary team was that they're sort of shifting through gears, some mm. sort of ham-fisted analogy, uh, getting better. Who are they? Who are they likely to face, or Sweden. who are they facing? They're facing Sweden yeah. in uh, in the next round. So, how do you <clears> think <throat> that will be for them? Is it cut and dry? I think they are getting better, um, and certainly, sort of the last ten fifteen minutes of that game were not entirely exhibition stuff, but you know, there was they, very little pressure from Serbia. Was there was there? a you know, Serbia were knackered. They they, they gave up. They 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 didn't give up. They sort of they sort. I mean, they went two the two nil down. They, they were never going to score three. I I was really surprised that the substitutions took as long yeah. from Serbia. They didn't Serbia start making changes until the seventy fifth minute, and they made their last one in the eighty eighth minute. And that that to me seemed very odd. I mean, <clears> bring on bring on someone like uh, Luka Jovic and put him up front with Mitrovic. Mm. Um, and just start trying to bombard the Brazilian box. I, 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 you know, sometimes going route one like that is kind of the the last resort. But actually, with um, with Serbia's ability in the air and, and Milinkovic Savic pushing up, I thought he had a very strong game. Mm. Um, well, after the, after the Brazilian goals, there just weren't any Serbian players in in the box. Well, I mean, they're, they're, like Kolarov had a good game down the left. Yeah, there were crosses coming in from the right, and there were some decent crosses. But there just weren't any players in the box. I mean, the the the, the left hand. Well, the, the the video that we made, the areas that that Serbia looked to exploit were exactly what we said in the video. They just didn't exploit them well enough. Yeah. Apologise. I should be Brazil against Mexico. Oh, the Brazil and Mexico. Be, be oh, of course. Yeah. Okay, great. Uh, well, in that case, let me ask you about that, Alex. Brazil Mexico sounds like a tasty affair, doesn't it? Yeah, well, it's. I mean, it's hard to know what to make of Mexico. It was, unfortunately, it was the the game that we didn't watch of the earlier two yeah. for fairly obvious reasons. Um, so I think before I can really prognosticate on that with any validity, I will actually go home and watch that game. Right. Okay. Great. Well, in that case, <laughs> well, I don't want to say anything. <laughs> about Let's talk it's an about exciting it. prospect, though. It's an exciting prospect. Those two, definitely. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Switzerland, Costa Rica was the other game. Costa Rica got their two goals. Um, I've just seen the um, the the Jan Sommeron goal was pretty weird. What's it? A penalty from Brown Rees that uh, ricocheted off the bar and then bounced off the head of uh, back of the head of Jan Sommer. Oh dear. Yeah. Okay, that's a shame, isn't it? Well, it's fine now. I guess. It's fine. Everything's fine now. Everything's fine now. Uh, Switzerland are going through first, though. Uh, no, they're not. If we've fallen apart, <sighs> Switzerland, Switzerland are going through second. Through second. second yeah. And so that means that they and will Sweden. be facing Sweden, uh, which is slightly less exciting, isn't it? Let's be honest. I think it'll be a really good game. Yeah? Yeah, I think so. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> no, I don't know. I think that'd be quite, I think that'd be quite interesting, uh, based on having watched... Switzerland against Serbia, I thought they were very entertaining against a, a pretty 
rough and tumbling Sweden side. I think that could be a different di- an interesting dynamic to watch between those teams. Well, the news is as well that Shakiri and Xhaka, uh, they were fined, but they uh, haven't been suspended, so they'll be playing mm-hmm. that game as well, won't they? I, th- I think the other thing to say is that from a punditry perspective, neither of these two teams are teams that really would have been expected to be here. No. And I think it's also reasonable to assume, potentially, that if you're okay, if you're a confident Sweden manager or a confident Switzerland manager, you're eyeing up your potential opposition from the other group for the next round. Mm-hmm. It's unlikely, certainly it's unlikely, that Switzerland would have been thinking Sweden would come through from that group. Mm. I don't think anybody saw today's results coming. No. Um, Sweden, potentially they would have picked Switzerland on the basis of how results had already gone in that group. So they might mm-hmm. be a little better prepared. Mm. Um, but it's interesting. I think Sweden Sweden could look to exploit set pieces. Um, Gramfist is a, a big guy. They've, they've got some players in Forsberg and Larsson who can deliver a really good set piece ball. And Switzerland's centre-backs are not as good in the air, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um but it's yeah, it, it, it'll be an interesting matchup because I think it'll be kind of unknown quantities from both perspectives. Okay, well that's a big day over. Uh, Germany departed. We we hope for a time Brazil might too, but perhaps for the uh, quality of football in the tournament, maybe it's a maybe it's an okay thing. Who knows? Uh, let's just get to the uh, results of the predictions then. Joe, you went with. I think I flunked out here. I don't think I got <coughs> any points today. You didn't, no. no. You went for a 1-1 Soviet-Brazil and a 3-1 to Switzerland. Right, yes. Um, so, is it nil so, so, no, Yeah, basically, yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, Alex went for 2-1 Serbia and 2-0 Switzerland. I, on the other hand, went for 2-0 Brazil. Hello, hello. That's one, that's one point. And 1-1 uh, between Costa Rica and Switzerland. That's two points. So, I, um, I win the day. You win the, you, you win the day <laughs> yesterday. I did. Oh my god, Bill's yeah. winning all the day. Which takes me into an overall lead in the, the war. So what is the war? How, how are the scores shaping up? The total scores? 4-3-2, four, three, four, two, isn't three, it? 4-3-2. Yeah. Okay, and just to be clear, we did a lot of pointing there, but the listeners Sorry, four, will know Four for happening. myself, three yeah. for Joe, and two for Alex. Two for Alex, Yeah, lagging behind. The football expert over there. Eh? <laughs> What's going on, Alex? If What's people happening? would just do what I tell them to do, <laughs> I know, isn't it so frustrating? They'd be fine. It's like in the olden days when your family would have managed the poor people. And they, just, they wouldn't work efficiently in the way that you told them to because no. they weren't educated, were they? The idiots. What's the footballing equivalent of the Industrial Revolution? Because that's what VAR. I need. It's VAR. It is VAR. Yeah, and it's not yeah. working. It's, it's not, not working, working is it? No. Well, you should have invested earlier. Yeah. Uh, right, okay. Well, that'll do then for day Tomorrow's, whatever it is. Oh, do, God, we do need to do that, don't we? Uh, the three o'clock kickoffs of Japan versus Poland and Senegal versus Colombia. Okay, well, Ooh. Philippe, would you like to start us off with Japan versus Poland? Because that's, that's a tough one to predict, even though Poland have. They might be playing for pride. I think Japan have still got something to play for in this. They're, they're not through out and out. Um, Poland have kind of got pride to play for, but also very tired as well, so I'm going to go for a 2-0 Japan. Okay, Alex? 2-1 Japan. 2-1 Japan? Yeah. Interesting. In that case, I'm going to go for a 1-1. I like Japan. Yeah, I like Japan too, and I think a draw is enough for them to go through. Mm. So that and should then, be fine. Then we've got Senegal versus Colombia. What would you go for there? Mm, That's a tough one. It is tough. It looks like Senegal, a team we very much like here, might not might not make it through. Which would be, would be a shame. I'm still going to go for 2-0 two, two Colombia. Yeah, okay. Alex, are you going to back Senegal? Uh, no, I'm going 3-1 Colombia. Okay, I'm backing Senegal. I'm going 1-0 Senegal. Mm. Actually, 2-1. Can you change that to 2-1? Because I think Colombia probably, probably have a goal in there, don't they? Yeah. 
All right. Uh, yeah. Well, that is the end of day thirteen. Fourteen is it? Fourteen. Day fourteen. Okay. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow for day fifteen. <laughs> yeah. You just have to say them in a high voice. That's the rule. Um, and that's the last day before we get a day off, isn't it? Thank God. Hot dog, jumping frog, Albuquerque. <laughs> we won't be here on Friday. There'll be no podcast. There'll be no podcast. There will be a video because we're prepared. Yeah, but there'll be no podcast. I'm not going to be on Twitter. I'm going to be playing so much Civilization you Six. You'll be on Twitter. You can't help your laptop will explode. Uh, listen, we're upstairs at the Overhead Lion Theatre, okay? And I haven't looked at the uh, the SoundCloud analytics, but I know for a fact that there's hundreds of listeners who live in London, and we've only had one person come down. So I've got that a bit of a break. Hmm? That we know of. That we know of, yeah. Maybe other people will have surreptitiously snuck in yeah. and uh, sat downstairs giggling at the fact that we're up here <laughs> oblivious to their presence. Uh, or maybe not. But uh, do come down, the Old Red Lion Theatre in uh, Angel Islington. If you come down, like Jack Ellis did, send us a little tweet, and we'll send an ambassador down <laughs> to, uh, to welcome you. Joe, Joe means me. <laughs> Joe will send me down. I might do, or if I'm not busy, I might pop down. If Phil's not busy, which isn't ever the case, then maybe he'll pop down. And if Neil's still here, then, then we'll Neil send Neil will definitely down. go down. Hi, Neil. Hi. Yeah. So, uh, all right, yeah, Old Red Lion Theatre, day 14. Uh, see you tomorrow.